nice to catch up with you, Josie. Um, so you're a sports psychologist at um, Performance in Mind. And last week you were doing some webinars online about 10, 10 tools that athletes can use to stay mentally fit and well over um, this new lockdown that's happening. And I, I found that really, really interesting and some really practical tips on your website, which um, and the things that I found really stood out to me was I think as a starting point that whole um, foundations of things that can help a person perform well in sport or in life and in business and often I see some of these things translate from a nutrition point as well Mm -hmm. Um, about like the managing anxiety sort of minimizing perfectionism cultivating confidence and controlling the controllables and building self-awareness and um I've found as a dietitian, the longer I've worked in nutrition, that the more I've found that psychology plays a huge role in what people eat, why they eat it, because often we know what to eat, but then we don't. And I've definitely seen that in myself over the, I suppose, the the oncoming second lockdown where stress and pressure has sort of made me change my eating and drinking habits um, a little bit more than I would have previously. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear your what you've sort of seen or found as in helping the people that you work with? I think on the eating and drinking side, the first lockdown was a really, um, it was almost a big experiment of how do we deal with pressure and how do we deal with stress? Because most things in life that we go into, we've dealt with something quite similar in the past and we've got kind of a, almost like a library in our head that we can drill back to. How did we handle this last time? None of us have ever gone into a lockdown before. It was completely (laughs) novel, very new. We were all in very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. I really like the phrase that people have been using about, um, we were all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. (laughs) So I experienced it with having my then three-year-old at home and both of us trying to work full-time whilst looking after a three-year-old very differently than my retired parents did who were used to being out and about all the time and then had to stay at home but didn't have any extra pressures on their time Mm. and we will have both experienced it very differently than somebody who was a key worker and actually being on the front line and having those fears of catching COVID as well. And so there was no template in our brains of how do we normally deal with this? And there was no template from anywhere else because we're all living these very weird, different lives. Um, And so that means we need some very different coping mechanisms. Mm. And I know there were lots of people that really talked about how they drank a lot more during Mm. lockdown, how they ate a lot more during lockdown. Um, There was lots of that. I deserve a treat. We're going Mm -hmm. through something really difficult here. So I deserve a treat. Yeah. And and so one day, one day or two, three days is okay. But when that becomes a month, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, And so over time, those treats start to become habits. Mm -hmm. And so we might find we're actually eating more than we need to fuel ourselves. There were other people, if they're furloughed and they suddenly had lots of extra time on their hands, we're able to do these amazing challenges of I'm going to do a marathon in my back garden or I'm going to do swift racing every single day and they may not have actually been getting enough to feel what they're doing. Mm. There's also a group of people 
that I work with regularly who have kind of exercise compulsion and the gym is their place they go and the gym is where they feel comfortable it's where they get their control over their life every day and that was gone Mm. and so they're then having to try and find kind of home workouts they're really questioning whether they're doing enough they're not doing enough um are they sweating enough are they working out enough and and really struggling with some of the repercussions of that I think it was a really tough time when we've got into good habits previously Mm. lots of those were just completely wiped out Mm. Um, and I've definitely seen people with this lockdown because we've been told it's shorter because we've now got that template for last time what did we do how 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 did we do well how what didn't we like about how we behaved um we can change it this time and we can kind of go right actually I realized I drank wine five nights a week last time I know that I don't function well when I do that I know that's not how I want to be I'm going to make sure it's no more than two nights a week this time Mm -hmm. so you can make some very active positive choices because we've we've been there before yeah yeah, no, it's, it is interesting even seeing how the differences between the first lockdown and this one where I, I, the first one, I think I only had one glass of wine the whole six weeks that we weren't allowed to leave the house where this one, the, like the, the two, I think it was probably the two, three weeks before, like when they're like, there may be a lockdown, there's all these rumours and whispers and anxiety sort of just stirring up in the background. And for me, like I don't normally drink very much or like have issues with emotional eating. And I just would find myself drinking more than normal and eating foods that I wouldn't normally eat without thinking about it and being really mindless. And um, yeah, like what sort of things do you recommend for people when they do find themselves emotionally or mindlessly eating? I think try and look at the circumstances. Mm. So what you're describing there is a real period of ambiguity. Mm. We don't we don't have control over right now whether we're allowed to go to a regular shop or not, or whether you can go in without a mask. All these things a year ago, we'd have just looked in complete confusion if someone had said, This is our world right now. Yeah. We'd never have imagined that. And the fact that so much has changed so quickly and we've got this ambiguity of can we do it? Should we do it? Would we be judged for doing certain things? Means we tend to behave slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Something I notice that people that might emotionally eat or struggle with their eating is when they are feeling that they're in ambiguity, when they've got emotions, they're not 100% sure what they are. Mm-hmm. They tend to say, I feel fat. Okay it's actually not related to feeling fat. It's almost like a go-to, I'm not in a good place. Mm. What's really, really helpful, if you ever find yourself doing that, is to try and extend your emotional vocabulary. (laughs) So there tend to be kind of five to 10 emotions that we talk about quite a lot. Yeah. I've heard phrases, I've heard some research saying there's up to something like 34,000 different emotional words what you can get is something called an emotional wheel and you can just Google it and download it. And that talks about seven central emotions, but actually there's 130 altogether. Hmm. And if you can start to use some of those, not necessarily smaller words, but more specific words for how you're feeling, 
you can then do something about them. You can be more specific with the coping mechanism you use. So rather than just saying, I'm really angry about lockdown, which might well make you stretch for comfort food or a glass of wine. If you start talking about I'm frustrated, which is a more specific emotion, then you can drill that back into well, why am I frustrated? Mm. What is it that's frustrating me? Okay, I'm frustrated because I can't do this and this. Right, what could I do instead? And you get much more proactive, solution-focused coping mechanisms mm. rather than an easy go-to, I'll eat that, makes me feel better. So the, the wider we can extend our emotional vocabulary, the, the more helpful mechanisms we find to try and deal with things. Yeah, and do you have like, like what would you recommend? So someone's like identified, I'm frustrated, I'm like, I'm actually just sad that I'm not able to see my friends. Like what, um, like what sort of tips or practical advice would you suggest to someone to, to use in that situation? So if it's around friendships and that you're missing them, be the one that sets up a house party quiz hmm. or actually reach out to somebody. And there's a really nice technique that clinical psychologists use um, for those with depression. And I incorporated it a lot with the athletes I work with during the first lockdown. And it's called ACE. And so every day you do an achievement and it doesn't have to be big. If you're really struggling, that achievement might be having a shower. <laughs> but it's, it's something. It could be finishing a book chapter that you've been working through. It could be writing an email that you've really been putting off because it's going to be hard work to do it and it's a bit confrontational but something you feel like you've achieved that day. You, the C stands for communication. So reaching out to someone who's not in your immediate bubble. So someone you don't have to talk to, actually finding an opportunity to talk to them. And that can stretch from, I had someone on a business podcast the other day saying every day at 10 o'clock, they will go through their text messages right to the bottom and they will reconnect with whoever's at the bottom of their text messages. And they just keep that going. And it means they've got a huge number of connections, a wide network. Whenever they need somebody or somebody else needs somebody to put in touch, they become the person that connects everybody. And they're a brilliant connector. But it could just be, with my athletes, we worked out 10 people in their lives that they would like to be in better contact with during lockdown. Mm. And each day they'd look through that list and go, I'm going to send a message to my granny today yeah so it could be nice ways of keeping in touch with people um so ace is for achievement c is for communication and e is for enjoyment hmm. if you get three to six o'clock at night and you're like i haven't done anything that feels like enjoyment today yeah. that's your yeah. goal for the rest of the day yeah and sometimes achievement and enjoyment might mix it might be making your favorite food for dinner for your family or for yourself that can be both if you enjoy that process of doing it but making sure you've got each of those three means you actually feel in a bit of a better place and so you don't need to reach out for the comfort food because you've already got that dopamine buzz in your brain your reward chemical it's already alert because you've done good things for yourself already yeah yeah that's I think that's really really good advice like one of the things that I often do um, as a, with accountability with with my athletes is um, looking at what they've done well over the course of the previous week because it's so easy to be like 
I said I was going to do this, I was going to do this, and I haven't done any of these things. I'm like, okay, well, what have you done well? And not, it doesn't have to be massive. I think that like what you said about looking at the small wins is really important. Yeah. Those small wins all improve. And I know, especially with, um, with say like weight, body weight or uh, weight loss, like one thing I've been stressing with, with my athletes this year is like maintenance. Maintenance is a win. Like if you can maintain your weight in this period of stress and anxiety and change and is the race on, is the race off? If you can maintain your, your weight and stay stable throughout this diet, keep a stable diet, um, that is actually a massive win because it is so easy to change your habits and um, and eat more or drink more than normal and then gain weight and then uh, have that stress come further down the line so I think often I see people that get stressed that they they haven't achieved their goals or they haven't lost weight if they wanted to but I've been very much like actually if you can maintain it maintenance long term is a win yeah and if you keep a training diary or a food diary actually when you're saying there's small wins in there we actually recommend just tiny little silver stars or gold stars like the little stickers you buy from um from smiths or something and actually stick those in yeah. So you can see where you feel you've achieved. And if you feel you've messed up for any reason, all you write next to it is LE. It stands for learning event. <laughs> and actually, and we do this an awful lot in sport as well. Mm. If you see every loss as a failure, you will be utterly miserable in sport. Yeah. So in some sports, you might win half the time. Yeah. So you're pretty good at tennis. You might win half your matches. Fabulous. I think I've won one race in my entire lifetime of sport. And that was because it was a very small one and all the fast people had done the 10K and I was doing the five. Yeah. So if I got upset every single time I didn't win a race, I'd spend my life utterly miserable. (laughs) But what I can do from every race that I have is take away a lesson from it. Mm. So for me, it's not about winning, but it's about becoming better each, each event that I do. And we can do that in everything in life. So rather than feeling like I failed because I gave in and had two glasses of wine or a, a whole stack of toast because I was feeling rubbish. Yeah. Okay, what can you learn from that? Can you learn that actually this type of event happening in your life tends to trigger that type of eating? Hmm. Right. Well, now I know that and I'm more self-aware of it. What can I do instead next time that happens? Or actually, can I try and prevent that type of act? event happening in the first place yeah and so control the controllables control what you can control yeah and so the more you can see things as this is an opportunity to learn so that doesn't happen next time you continually feel like you're improving and moving forward rather than that whole oh well I've screwed up for today now anyway what's the point I might as well just eat everything yeah like throw the baby without the bathroom yeah Whereas actually instead, if it's, this is a learning event, okay, I, I know how to deal with that better next time. Yeah, I definitely see that with, and this links, that, that links into with some of my PhD, my prof doc research, where um, I see a lot of people, what they do nutrition wise in a race, for example, it's mm. been from having made all, a mistake in a previous one. And they're like, mm, maybe I should have done a bit differently. And then a bit of trial and error. And um, I think we we're talking before about like, goals and with with races being cancelled and changed this year like having to set new goals and um goals that perhaps you can control rather than relying on an external person or 
organization definitely so there are there were lots of like lots of swift racing goals that people put up if they're cyclists um lots of people around running have either been joining groups where they're kind of trying to do something every day mm. so that they've got that encouragement of being part of a group they're mm. feeling like they're doing something positive each day they're doing that moving forward yeah um, there's been lots of virtual challenges uh I, I got to a point of just rolling my eyes every time another email came through with yet another virtual challenge uh the only one I did end up doing actually was London Marathon yeah and it was just the most awesome day I mean it was horrific rain I've never been so drenched in my life but seeing other people out with their race numbers on and everyone high-fiving not touching obviously but kind of (laughs) yeah it was absolutely awesome and it was one of those we're all in this together we're all trying to achieve our own things and that was a brilliant goal to have and work towards Mm. Um, and then for next year with many athletes we're still saying actually don't plan on having certain races book them in because they'll just get postponed or um, you'll get your money back. So, so book them in, but don't have it in your head as it's definitely happening. Mm-hmm. Focus on other elements. So that might be a, I'm going to use my running this year to see more cool places. I want to go and explore local places I've never really seen. And there was lots of that over the first lockdown of, it's been really cool to actually go and explore my local area because that's all I can do right now but I've, I've learned much more about it or some people will do things of I am going to cycle 2021 miles in 2021 mm-hmm. and so you can build your own challenges yeah that you have much more control over yeah rather than um external events impacting on what we do yeah, no, I've definitely, there's, there's like little, little, little goals and also goals and, and challenges that can be um, in different scenarios. So like you say, if we're locked in and we can't leave the house, okay, a Zwift challenge. If we can only ride around this uh, city, okay, it's the particular climb. I want to take two minutes off this climb. So get yeah. 30 minutes, that sort of thing. Definitely. And so the more you are in control of your own goals, the more, concentrated you will on being on achieving them and the less um stress you feel when you hear all this ambiguity out there I've still got stuff I can do yeah I've definitely seen um the last especially the last few weeks or months where a second lock in lockdown has become more imminent where there's been more athletes or people like active people are reaching out realizing that okay maybe this um this is the new norm for a bit longer than we ideally want and wanting sort of more support and accountability with like their food and nutrition and it sounds like um like what you're saying some of the things that become really important for actually sticking with habits and changes are that accountability and but also having like a community and a support system around you so I say there are four things in place if you're going to be like intrinsically motivated to achieve your goal you need a sense of belonging you need to feel like you're part of a community and that can sometimes be quantity lots of different people but it can also be quality so having a few people that you can genuinely be vulnerable with that you feel like you can be wholeheartedly yourself Mm. and that they still love you for it yeah you need quality and quantity of of that sense of belonging you need to feel competent so in sport that might be I actually know 
and have the skills to do my sport. Around eating, it's more likely to be, I know what a quality portion size is. Mm. I know what I should be eating. I'm not guessing. I know that I need X amount of this per day. So you've built up that competence. Mm. Then you have autonomy. I'm doing this for myself. So I imagine many of the the kind of weight loss um, programs that fail are because somebody's been told to go on it. (laughs) If you're not doing it, because you passionately want to make a change or you passionately want to get somewhere. Yeah. It's very, very hard to do something. It's Mm. hard to do it anyway, but it's far harder if someone's telling you to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so when you're trying to achieve a goal and build that motivation, you need to feel like you have a choice and you feel like have a voice over how to do it. Mm. And that adds to it. And then there's one extra, which is not part of the official kind of theory but I think it's really important and that's to enjoy what you're doing. Mm, definitely. If you don't enjoy it, if there's no, I've had a lot of people this year, they enjoy races, but they don't necessarily enjoy the training. Okay. And with no races, there's a huge amount of training to do. Mm. You've got to find ways to enjoy that training and to at least tie it in with how that will make you feel when you do get to race and find the bits of training that you do like. Yeah. So that actually when you're on a really tricky day, you can pull that in and you can be like, yeah, this might not be on my plan, but I know it makes me feel good. And yeah. right now that matters more. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's really interesting about the enjoyment because um, I know myself with, the, with um, my training goals earlier this year, I lost the motivation. I lost, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying the training. So I just stopped um, because I was like, actually, do you know what? I just need a break from this. And it's just now that that enjoyment, I mean, the the desire has returned. But then I see um, with some of the, like the people that I work with um, say when they're, they're changing their food habits, they're trying to say incorporate more vegetables into what they're eating because it's going to allow them to eat more food, um, help them give more um, vitamins and minerals and things, but they don't enjoy it. Um, and they're sort of forcing it at the moment Um that's where they're sort of like, oh, I don't want to eat this. And that's an interesting um, challenge that I sometimes come across where people, they, they know they should do something, but they're not enjoying it because they prefer to eat, um, say, more, what I would say, um, discretionary foods. But there are little things you can do. So my husband is very similar, does not do vegetables, but we put mint sauce on them. Yeah. So they taste a bit different and then he's okay with it. So yeah. even with things that you don't like, if you can make it more palatable, that builds extra enjoyment so that you still get the benefits of it, as in the um, the vitamins, Yeah. Then you're doing well. Um, See, so yeah, I think I'm definitely not some one of those people that works in sport and is like, it's all about the pain. And you, if there's no pain, there's no gain. Like, yeah. Life's too short for that. Most of us aren't elite athletes. We're doing this for fun. Let's make Mm. it fun. Let's make it enjoyable. And then you do better. And it's much more about if you are a happy person, you will be a good athlete. Yeah. If you're miserable underneath it, what's the point of just flogging yourself harder and harder? Mm. Like Life is way too short for putting yourself through that. There's too many other tough things in life, such as we've seen this year, to make your hobby really hard. 
No, I definitely, I definitely agree, hundred percent. Where I, I see sometimes people be like, "Oh no, put the dressing, don't put any dressing on your salads." And I was like, "No dressing, like okay, maybe don't." It, maybe, it's, the, it's about the ratio. It's not yeah. like salad dressing with salad. Um, it's, <laughs> you, but if having that, that little extra bit of fat or maybe a little bit extra sugar on on the top of the dressing, it's adding extra flavor and it's helping you because you can then adjust it. And maybe it starts with you. There's perhaps more than will be optimal or ideal but you can then slowly change that proportion yeah. and get more familiar and more used to it I think everything I've learned this year has been about just being as pragmatic as possible mm. make things easier it's not about making stuff harder no it's let's let's work out what we really want who we want to be what we want to achieve and then find a way to do it that's as easy as possible yeah. because the process especially the people that are probably coming to see you and I mm. are high achievers. Yeah. They've set really tough goals. It's not like they're skimping on ever trying to achieve something. No. The goals are tough enough as it is. Let's find nice ways to get there rather than flogging ourselves and making it really, really hard because yeah. that race, even if it's like an Ironman you're training for, that's still only one day. You've got six months of training and, working to get there let's enjoy that process as well not just thinking of just this one day where you'll get the payback yeah no that's, that's really good advice um I think I think we'll finish finish up there but yeah I think that what you were sort of talking about the the ace I think that's a really good tool for people to take away at the moment whether it relates to their training or their food and nutrition um as something that is sustainable um that they can be incorporating um, to make really strategic changes that they can stick with without being completely overwhelmed. Yeah, 